Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider, a new podcast series from Barclays. I'm Tony Rimmer, a business development manager for Barclays in the Northwest. And I'm Claire McPhail, a business development manager in the Southeast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the immense pressure that brokers are finding themselves under with the huge changes that we've seen in the market over the last six months. The word overwhelmed is one that keeps coming up. Brokers are telling us they're struggling to keep up to date with the rates and the changes to policy and the pace of those changes, which is a result of the pandemic. Yes, that's right, Claire. We're also hearing quite a lot of emotion from brokers who are worried that each application may be their last because there's so much uncertainty around the corner. To try and make sense of these challenges, we spoke to David Hollingworth from London and Country. He told us about how London and Country is coping during these turbulent times. Hi, David. Hi, Tony. Hi, David. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Claire. David, firstly, can you talk us through some of the huge challenges that the mortgage market perhaps is facing and and has faced, starting from a lender's perspective, first of all, and then looking at uh, how that's impacted on brokers and buyers alike? Yeah, well, it feels a long time since lockdown, but of course, it's been lots of ups and downs since then, and, and lenders have had a lot to deal with, of course. So payment holidays um, came thick and fast and virtually overnight, so that was a huge, complex task to deal with. And at the same time, we were facing a market where physical valuations uh, were impossible for a period of time, and therefore a consequent um, backlog plus the pent-up demand. And I think since we started to reopen with physical valuations, which, of course, was was very welcome that it came so quickly after lockdown, um, it did mean that we had some, some capacity issues. Now, things have moved on a little bit since then, but I think we've still got some backlog. The pent-up demand has been feeding through, and perhaps that demand has surprised many of us, I think, in terms of just how strong that's been. Um, when at the beginning of lockdown, we would have been worrying about the opposite issues of whether we were going to see the market really slow down for a, a long period of time. Yeah, it's certainly been quite a roller coaster ride, hasn't it, over the last six months or so? I just wondered um, specifically how, how that has impacted you and, and your colleagues at London and Country. So, if we go back to lockdown, of course, we had to take the business remote um, we had some capability there but from uh, you know our IT colleagues have done a fantastic job in a very short space of time to to make sure that we remained operational now very quickly you then move into different challenges as we start to work through those backlog um, and make sure that we were still serving those customers who had already commenced an application but that we needed to to almost get the momentum building again when valuations started to open up. Now, of course, we're into a new phase where we've got very, very rapid product change. So deals can last for a short space of time. Um, Lenders are increasingly having to withdraw products with little to no notice. Uh, And that's a real challenge for, for any broker just to keep on top of. And of course, try and keep customers in the loop layer on top of that you've got criteria changes beginning to feed through inevitably because lenders are having to you know they've been very supportive i think of 
those in receipt of furlough income in the early stages, uh, typically. But of course, we are now beginning to near the end of that, that job retention scheme. And it's only right that lenders are starting to adapt their um, criteria. It was inevitable. So they're having to adapt criteria to make sure that those borrowers are going to be in a position to afford the mortgage, not just right now, but on a, an ongoing basis. So we're still in a real state of flux. Yeah, I mean, certainly your advert comes to mind where you've got that lovely swan along the mill pond and underneath it's paddling away. And I think never more is that true of the world of brokerage today where the clients may be sort of expecting that swan to be sort of looking after everything and underneath it's even more crazy than it ever was so for yourselves at London and Country how do you keep your brokers up to date with all these daily changes that are happening? So we try and centralise um, product information into the business so so therefore we can distribute that more quickly um, and from a single point of contact so that avoids potential issues where you start to see you know rumours flying and, and that kind of thing. So um, that's not helpful, of course, when you've got rapid product change as it is. I mean, this is where communication between lender and broker is just so critical, isn't it? We appreciate that there can't always be as much notice from lenders as, as we'd like. Um, but of course, we, we do still ask for as much notice as we can get. And then, of course, it's about trying to understand well, have we got a chance to to let those customers know that products are going to start changing, and can we can we help them get on those products if if that's what they want to do before before they withdraw? And that's really difficult, isn't it, for your clients at the end of the day when they have to to cope with that change along with you know this important um, mortgage, whether it's remortgage purchase that they're dealing with to have to change when they've got their heart set on it. It's, it's difficult for them. It's emotional, isn't it, for them? Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, you know, um, the kind of the swan analogy with all calm on the surface, you know, from a customer's <laughs> yeah. point of view, we've moved on a long way from lockdown. So it's it's managing that kind of expectation to help them understand what the challenges are in the market and and just where we can help and where they can help us I guess to ultimately help the lender get get the case through to offer in terms of a personal anecdote and certainly as a as a business development manager working with brokers on a on a daily basis a lot of the feedback i get is perhaps similar to what you've talked about already frustration with a limited uh, product suite available, that being limited for first-time buyers, and they're the, the receiving lots and lots of inquiries for these types of products. I just wondered, from your perspective, how your brokers are managing those conversations with, with your customers when they were available in the past. Yeah, and I, I think those are the questions that brokers will face daily, because that's why people come to an advisor, to understand what's happening in the market. Uh, unfortunately, that can be very frustrating, uh, as you say, particularly in the first time buyer market at the moment, where demand remains very strong. But actually, we're facing a situation where we've got really a, a smattering of products available. But it's a case of having a straightforward conversation about what those options look like, what the kind of eligibility requirements around that are. 
because of course when we've got limited availability of higher LTV lenders are naturally having to put additional criteria points in place limit eligibility just from a a pure um, case of managing capacity. I mean, just as a, as a little sort of side into that, um, David, you, you, you're talking about managing expectations. And, and I think that, that, again, from a lender's perspective and, and the whole customer journey, timescales seem to have broadened quite a bit, don't they, from initial conversation to processing the application, the application goes into the lender. How how are, you, how are you managing that side of the process? How are you actually managing your customers' expectations with the, the increased perhaps wait times and processing times that you've that you've got to deal with? Yeah, uh, that's that's a, a challenge I think because of course the whole market's dealing with that. Um, but from a customer's point of view, it, it can be frustrating. You know, so where's the update? So you know, if we get a call for the update that potentially provokes a call to a lender. Lenders are really saying, well, don't call us because we're trying to get on with doing the doing the business, uh, which of course we are too. So we've worked hard on um, the messaging and consistency of that messaging throughout the business. So whereas in, as we went into lockdown, uh, we were looking to make sure that people knew we were still up and running and operational, um, we've moved now into online messaging um, keeping customers up to date, whether it's by email or, or text message, just just to keep them getting that consistent message that unfortunately we may not be able to get the updates as quickly as they would um, anticipate, which is a hard thing to be telling customers when you're trying to do things as quickly as possible. But it's um it's I think it's ongoing. Tony is the is the answer. It's trying to be consistent and give everyone that that ability to to voice those challenges so that customers who are not as close to the market can start to appreciate what the difficulties might be. I mean, I'm finding that a lot of the brokers that I speak to are on a much smaller scale than, of course, yourself. And they're getting all these phone calls and inquiries and they're struggling as well to keep on top of those. I suppose it's how do they manage all of those inquiries? There's nothing available for them at the moment. But to be able to sort of manage that client and and keep them moving down the process just so that you can go back to them in, in a month or two months whenever we make these changes again, because they'll come back, won't they? Let's hope so. Um, the... Um... <laughs> I think we're we're lucky that we've got great management information, so we can we can look at customers and and what we try to understand what it is they're looking for segmentation of you know are they first time buyer what what type of requirements have they got so that does give us a good chance of being able to at a later date look back at that. Yeah, I think it's a great great point, David, and I think certainly from from my experience again working with brokers and having been in the industry for, for many, many years, brokers tend to pride themselves on being on top of everything, used to knowing everything there is to know about the rates and the products on offer. Uh, and, and now I guess they feel a little bit out of control with that situation. I'm just wondering from your perspective, um, how you are looking and managing, I know you touched upon a little bit of it there, but managing that process with your brokers and enabling them to be as up-to-date as they can be around the changing needs of, of customers and what's available? 
So I think up-to-date product information is, of course, critical and trying to keep them posted on, on what's being withdrawn. I think that's where a major frustration can come for brokers is that you can keep on top of, of email as it comes in, but if it's telling you that those products are pretty much gone right now, um, there's limited action that you can take with your customers other than starting over and uh, and trying to keep them posted. But centralising that so that so that we are keeping a clear message, um, that's an important thing to do. And of course, making customers aware that that's how things are happening. You know, so it doesn't come as a as a complete surprise to them that products may come and go very quickly. And and so that's quite stressful, isn't it, for the for the people that you've got working for you. And of course, a lot of them may have been working from home. How as a company have you been trying to keep an eye on, I suppose, their well-being or and the workload that they've had to deal with at this time? It's a real change to the way we work, you know, and, and I think lots of businesses will have will have had to deal with this. Um, and it's really important from, from the beginning, we've really tried to make it a key focus that we're supporting colleagues as much as we possibly can. That can be time consuming in itself, of course, but we think it's really important. And the world of Zoom um, is now part of the day to day, you know, and this is where I think we'll, we potentially start to see changes for the future, you know, not just in terms of how we deal with our colleagues and how we keep in touch with teams uh, and make sure that they are are okay and not feeling isolated because we've got people who will be living in very different circumstances, some with families, you know, who've been homeschooling, etc. Some may be living alone. So dealing with that, but also looking ahead and how that might start to impact on how customers want to deal um, with brokers will be a really interesting in the future I think you know it will it will it change the way we're dealing with people absolutely I, I completely agree um, and as you say I, I know certainly for Barclays it's been such a change hasn't it Tony for, for you and I working at home with the lovely little children running around in the background you've got uh, uh, well <laughs> absolutely today today's a great example of that so I'm managing children puppies dogs <laughs> Uh, uh, and alike. So you may, you may hear some of that going on in the background <laughs> as, as I'm sat here. But but yeah, certainly, and I think it's the challenge as well, uh, as you say, of, of working remotely, not having that interaction with, with your colleagues, perhaps as you would normally in an office, David. And it's making sure from, from a a well-being, wellness point of view that, that, that you take that into consideration, isn't it? And you mentioned Zoom meetings there. I just wonder what, what, what are your plans going forward? Is the fact that we've gone through that process, would, would that be something you'd be looking to continue to do? Or ultimately, are, are you looking to um, you, you know, change the model? Absolutely. It's, stuff, it's things that are starting to come into the reckoning. And I think lots of businesses will be saying, well, actually, does this give us opportunities? You know, are these the opportunities that come out of this situation um, where we've proven that actually we can work remotely and um, whilst there's challenges for some people, whether it be technology, whether it be their, their personal situation, uh, others have absolutely um, loved it, you know, and, and so they've really thrived in that, in that environment. So 
it certainly opens up a, a world of possibility, I think. And, and actually, you've got to look at what customers want as well. Oh, thanks, David. Tony, you wanted to say something else, did you? I, I was just going to ask one more thing, really. Um, just, just a, It's more of a long, longer-term view, perhaps a couple of it. But what one was in relation, David, to the valuation side of things, because... One of the things we're sort of hearing uh, now is that, um, you, you know, the market, you, you mentioned earlier on in the conversation around the end of furlough, um, you know, think, things starting to change, um, you know, how will that impact the market? Because uh, we've sort of seen it, um, you know, perhaps the valuations are being impacted for how the market might be yeah. in five um, or six in months a number time, of months time. It, yeah. yeah, and I just wonder, you know, whether you had a, you know, any thoughts or a view on that side of things? Well, I think valuations can can change. They change with sentiment, don't they? So the the surveyor is there to to put that valuation on there. I can't say we've we've seen um, any major problems so far um, with with down valuations, and of course the indices are reflecting that there's been a real rebound in house prices since lockdown, which which you would anticipate given the, the strength of demand. I mean, that's been boosted by um, the stamp duty holiday, of course. And um, we'll, we'll have to keep a close eye on that because, of course, that will actually pose its own, its own issues as we move into the new year. But I think so far, so good, I would say. I think, obviously, when you mention furlough and, and how lenders criteria is changing and uh, you can clearly see that there is half an eye on how does this all start to shape up you know what what is normal are redundancies going to continue is unemployment going to rise what does that mean for the market so uh, there's a there's a lot to take in there um but the housing market is very, very regionalised. I think on, on the whole, we can see that there's lots of positive stuff to, to look at. But of course, we know that there's lots of micro markets and and really it comes down to what's happening in that, that locality as to what the likelihood of a of the valuation meeting the customer expectation or whether it's uh, got a question mark besides it. But, but so far, touch wood, fingers crossed, um, you know, we're not we're not seeing major issues there, and I think um, rightly so, given the the strength of demand that we're seeing. That's really helpful, David. I mean, thank you ever so much for sharing that information with us today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, David. That was David Hollingworth of London and Country Mortgages speaking to us on the second episode of the Mortgage Insider podcast from Barclays. In each episode, we'll be asking the experts the questions that you want answering. If you have a question you'd like to ask, then please email us at mortgageinsider at acars.com. And please do subscribe through your usual podcast app so you don't miss an episode. I'm Tony Rimmer. And I'm Claire McPhail. Thank you for listening.